Welcome to Level 10 Mastery with Ben Lawler. On this podcast, we interview the best and brightest in all walks of life. By doing this, we help you, our listener, become the best version of yourself. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Chris McPherson. Chris is the owner of Possibility of Positivity, LLC. Chris is also a speaker, consultant, business expert, father, husband, and friend. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate being here. Yeah. So starting out, man, tell us what's uh, what's new and exciting in your world. Yeah, uh, today, the presence of now, right? So yeah. uh, living fully in the moment, uh, being, so to speak, not necessarily setting expectations of what's to come, because you know those always turn out in a different way from what we anticipated. Absolutely. Being, uh, being open to opportunities and creating them every day, living serendipitously. I love it. Yeah, man. Well, speaking of opportunities, you've had some some great opportunities recently. I know we've talked over the last couple months, but uh, you had the opportunity to be on uh, TED Talks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. tell us about that, man. About that uh, that experience. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I'll put it like that. So it was great experience. Obviously, the platform itself of TED is known across the world, right? Um, and it's really ideas worth sharing. So I'd set that for myself as a personal goal right. of being able to leverage myself on that platform. Uh, it's an open application process, so it's not like you have to be superhuman to do it. In yeah. fact, they want human stories. They want the essence of people. So um, went through the application process, applied for several, uh, got some denials, which happens. That's life. Sure. Got the one approval that I wanted and um, booked my tickets, headed out to Palo Alto, Silicon Valley. Yeah. And um, transformed some lives that day. It was really good. Really wow. good. The experience was uh, everything I've been working towards and mm-hmm. what keeps me going. So how about relationships, man? Anybody yeah. you met along the way that's that's kind of helped with that process? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people. I, I'd say, interestingly enough, some of the individuals that I met really in childhood or development, call it you know K through 12 or even college, yeah, um, are relationships that were foundational that I didn't even know would be helpful later on in life. I think that's the way we always look at it. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs has a quote that says, you only connect the dots when you look backwards. But then that's actually where you were able to see how things aligned for yourself. Wow. So for me, in looking back, um, getting to TED was one step. But before that, there were individuals who helped me that I went to grade school with, that I went to high school with, that I saw in college. We sat in accounting classes and said, hey, I've I've got a platform. I know what you're doing. I want to help. I want to be a part of it. I see the message. And you continue to go forward and build together. And stuff happens the way it's supposed to. That's right. Well, speaking of that. Chris, let's go back to your childhood, man. Yeah. Kind of walk us through, uh, you know, your upbringing and, and some of those uh, influencers and some of those mentors that have really yeah. made an impact on your life over the years. Absolutely. So for me, um, from St. Louis, Missouri, as you know, and I tell you, my family has always been a strong influence. Grew mm-hmm. up in the house of mother and father. Yeah. Uh, mother and father were probably a generation removed from me. Okay. So, uh, parents were born in the 30s. I was born in the 80s. So okay. there is a significant gap. My yeah. mom was 41 years old when she had me. Wow. My dad was 44. Now, 
when you think about that, that's not necessarily uncommon. Obviously, if you're still practicing to have children, yes. these things do take place. That's right. Um, what makes my story unique is my closest sibling is 16 years apart. And that's because my mother had a permanent form of birth control. Yes. So for 16 years, had no child in her womb. Uh, we're talking 16 years of happy anniversary. Right. Uh, 16 <laughs> years of Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. Uh, no child. And she goes to the doctor on a regular checkup. He says, Miss McPherson, you're pregnant, right? Come on. Blows her mind. Uh, unbelievable. I share this story with doctors, literally physicians. They say, no, there's no way. I was like, yeah, I know. So how does this happen? How does this happen? That's exactly right. Who invented impossible, right? Yeah. That the concept that things cannot take place. Right. Um, so really that being my backstory of life, I came into existence knowing from the time I was three years old, four years old, hey, there's Chris the miracle. The miracle hey, there's baby. there's Chris the gift, right? Yeah. Even, <laughs> even in stories of life where I progress and the grown man and I'll see people who knew me as a child and be like, there he is. I remember mm -hmm. the day. I remember when, it, when we heard. So... For me, uh, family has always been there. Um, strong father, strong mother. Yeah. They came up in the 1930s, uh, which were times that created challenge uh, for many different reasons. If you look sure. at our country as a whole, being born in the 1930s is right after the Great Depression. Absolutely. So that was you, a time of regrowth, rebuilding. Absolutely. And you have to have some type of resilience in being able to go forward. Uh, in life, things happen all the time. You can't go backwards. Yesterday was just today that we've already lived, but you can't live there because that's not progress. That's right. You, you'll die back there. You, sure. you don't eat back there. You don't do anything. But so, you can learn. But you can learn. Yesterday. And that propels us to go forward. So, And some of the learnings that they had, uh, one of the things that was foundational for me is I grew up with a garden. And I share this story because I don't think most people grow up with gardens. And not that you wouldn't. There's plenty of people who farm and have yeah. agricultural backgrounds. But we grew up with a garden. One, so tell us about this. Yeah, tell us about the garden. They, they understood um, the concept of really planting, growing, right? Mm -hmm. That if you plant a seed, give it the nutrients, give it what it needs, it's going to grow. That's all the seed does. Right. It's all, it has no other choice. It's not an option. It will grow. That's now, the path for that particular seed. That's the path. That's exactly right. So I'd watch my dad literally every season um, till the ground. Uh, sow seed, he'd, he'd fertilize, he'd do all that, we'd water, we'd, we'd pull weeds, we'd get growth, we'd reap harvest, and then he'd come back and start over again year after year. Part of that process, I was in the garden, so I'm, I'm working, I'm tilling, I'm, I'm yeah. planting, I'm doing all these things. So what, uh, at the time, what were you guys growing? Oh man, we're growing everything. We're growing greens, tomatoes, um, we're growing cabbage, we're growing watermelon, we are growing... Um, Peas, we're growing uh, beans, we're yeah. growing a little bit of everything. He tried it, but it didn't take off. Hence along the way, you're also growing belief. Yeah. Growing positivity. Absolutely. You're growing influence. You're seeing a process. You're, and yeah. you're seeing hard work, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you have to understand that this is a labor, right? This is, this is work. You have to yeah. work it. But what you work it, it will work for you. It will produce its yield. That's what it's designed to do. Yes. Um, one of my favorite equations that I've drawn out of that is planning plus process equals production. Those three P's, okay? Planning plus process equals production. That's right. Okay. And, uh, equals basically says that the, the prior is the same as the latter. Okay? That's right. So you're planning how you devise what you're going to do, mm -hmm. getting the things in place that you need, right? So I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I've got to do many things. Putting those in a, in, a, in a certain idea. I have what I know I need to do. Create your list. Mm -hmm. Next is the process of doing those. 
we have to put it in the proper process in order to get to a certain destination. For instance, if we wanted to go get water from a well, we know we need to get a bucket, we know we need to put our shoes on, we know we need to leave the house. Well, you can't go get the water from the well if you don't have the bucket. That's right. And you know what? It seems like this day and age, Chris, people just focus on production. Yeah. They want immediate gratification. They want it right now. They don't want to plan for it. They don't want to work on that daily process, that daily Correct. routine. Chris, I want it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And right now comes right now later, but it's never <laughs> right now. Now, it's a little theoretical that it's always right now, that you're yeah. always building for your tomorrow, That's but you're right. doing that with the actions of today. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part of that equation, it equals production. So there is no less than, greater than, mm-hmm. in, in a function standpoint, there is no possibly or maybe, yeah. it equals production. Let's put the plan and the process together, I promise you you're going to go that way. You're going to get better for it. Now, will you achieve the result that you set out to get? Likely you're going to exceed it. Because mm-hmm. the goal you had was already given to you for you to be successful for when you started anyway. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about that. So you, so you plan, mm-hmm. you know, you work on that daily process. Ultimately, you produce or you hit that goal. Yeah. What are your thoughts on celebrating that goal? Yeah. Or, um, uh, really living in that, uh, in that moment. Yeah, very good. Uh, celebration is, is needed. It, it is the justification of what you've done. It is the pat on the back. Um, two forms of esteem, low and high. Low esteem is one you can get from me. Ben, great job. Chris, yes. you did it. Outstanding. Absolutely. High esteem is the esteem you give to yourself, the personal accountability of saying that I wanted to do it mm-hmm. and I did. Sure. How long do we live in that space? Short live, my friend. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the moment. Give it a day. Maybe give it two, three, and you better be on to the next venture because the reality is the success that you wanted, like the, the creation of that goal and succeeding, yeah. the first time you did it, you felt that way. Ben, you know in your career, you've had this experience. Yeah. You wanted to set a, 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 um, a milestone for something. Definitely. And you achieved it and you did it. And they were like, yep, good job. And what are you going to do now? You got to set out. Start back at ground zero. Exactly. That's it. it. What's so, that next big that next big goal, that next accomplishment that you're shooting for. That's exactly right. And if you live, if you live in that moment of what you did, again, we're still talking about yesterday. That mm-hmm. moment is every moment that we have. Celebrate that one and move on. You, you must, you must leverage it for your success forward, but you can't live in it. It doesn't exist that way. Yeah. If you got a bottle of champagne for your celebration, mm-hmm. how long can you sip off of that even if you only had one glass a day? It's not gonna last too long. Not long, maybe. Maybe a day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a great celebration. Depending on how many you're you're having. That's exactly right. Wow. All right, well, uh, tell us about uh, school growing up. Walk us through kind of high school, college, your experience there. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, traditional K through 12 education. Yeah. um, And then going off to college was a business major. I would tell you from the standpoint of high school, I was an individual uh, who was probably not focused, right? So, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how many people in... The work I do mentoring young men and students in school right now, um, really, I, I try to tell my truth so to help them find theirs. Sure. Between 14 and 18, I'm not sure anybody knows exactly what they want to do. No. And if you do know what you want to do, you're ahead of the curve. In fact, if you act upon that, you're going to have a life of legacy that, that supersedes you because you got at it early. Absolutely. That's uncommon. That's uncommon. It just really is. But we see those individuals who know it and you see their trajectory. and Because you don't have to wait to become whatever you want. Yeah. At the time, I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to be. And school was, school was something you had to do. It was a process. It was mm-hmm. a routine. There were great relationships. There was friendships. You play sports and all that. But the tie-in to cognitive process of learning and how to think and how to solve 
was something that I just didn't necessarily buy into right. into a school format. So I wouldn't tell you that I was the most studious person. I wasn't on the dean's list or anything like that. Um, as a result, coming out of high school, hey, I wanted to go to college and quite frankly did not have the grades to be able to get in. So my path yeah. took me to junior college before I went to a university. Okay. But the light bulb went on because yeah. I realized that I wanted to go to a university. Sure. And in order to do that, I had to change my behavior. In order to get a different result, we simply must do something different. That's, That's right. all it's it requires. The, uh, the definition of insanity, right? Yes. You can do the same thing over and over That's and expect right. different results. It just won't happen. It just won't happen. So what did you change at yeah. that time in your mindset or your routine? Yeah. In the routine, and you can look back, and I don't know if it was a coach, I don't know if it was a mentor, it was a person who came in the form of a counselor. But when I first came in, they said, hey, what are you looking to do here? As a junior college, you can only get an associate's degree, right? right? So are you trying to go into a trade field or what do you want to do? Yeah. I want to go on to a four-year university. Great, outstanding. This is the requisites that you're going to have to have. These are the classes that you're going to have to take. And you're going to have to work hard because they don't have to accept you. You're going to have to prove yourself worthy mm -hmm. to enter this institution. Right. Well, for me, it was direct focus. There was no more high school ball. There was no more chasing girls in prom. <laughs> it was building for life at that point. Mm -hmm. So I worked hard all that year, got the grades that I needed to transfer down to Missouri State where I got my, my degree in business. But I tell you, um, my GPA from high school to college vastly changed because my mindset changed because now I was involved in myself as the source of my success. That's right. It was different if it was something that was happening to me. Now I realized it was something that was happening through me. So I had to be the conduit to get it. I love it. Wow. Yeah, man. All right, so Missouri State graduated. Tell us right out of college. What was your yeah. first your first job out of school? Man, my first job um, working in telephony uh, for Charter Communications. So um, cable television provider. Yeah. Uh, uh, the standard nine to five in a cubicle. Right. Uh, working, working, having a job and, and enjoying it, but you're learning just the trends and bends of being an adult. You got to get up in the morning. You got to plan your commute to work. And yeah. You, you, you got to be there. Good, bad, or indifferent, this yeah. is now what you do. Um, so first first job, first job. That was short-lived, was there nine months. Um, got a call through a connection who had known me from Missouri State. So okay. this is where I talk about serendipity. Yeah. Um, a gentleman who was vice president of sales at a company called Dot Foods yes. uh, happened to call me on my cell phone. So this was a okay. person I had never met in my life. Yeah. He said, hey, Chris, I um, want to talk to you about the uh, sales position we have that's available in the St. Louis market. We have an opportunity. Um, we have an opportunity. That's exactly right. We don't know you. I actually got your name from the dean of the marketing department. So while in business school, I worked, and I worked in the dean's office. Not only did I work in his office, but I got to work with him, and I was able to cultivate relationships with the person. I'd ask if he had time. He said he did. We'd shut the door, and we'd listen to music, or we'd just have casual conversations. Yeah, just so, hanging out, getting to know each out. other. And for me, I'm just being myself. I'm learning. For him, he sees ambition. He sees somebody, a go-getter. He sees somebody that's open that he can coach. Again, yes. people mentoring me, I had no clue what was happening at that time. But he referred my name. The story I always say is he could have been drunk. He could have forgot who it was. He could have said the wrong name. But either way, they called me. Um, had that conversation, went on to interview, and started a 14-year career, which was fantastic. Holy I mean, it, cow. Was, it, it, was, it was great. But it was one of those situations I could not have put myself in that position. That position was already being ordered by the steps I was taking. Wow. So things uh, truly do happen for a reason. Always. No doubt. No doubt. In fact, that's how we were connected yeah. the first time yeah. through uh, my brother-in-law, Todd. Yes, exactly. you guys worked together for a number of years, and that's I'm so right. glad I've had the, 
the opportunity to get to to know you yeah. and work with you a little bit over the over the years. Um, well, tell us about that transition, you know, from Doc and to yeah. what you're doing now. Yeah. So just like anything else, it is transition. So you've got to figure out what's next. That's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I can look at that situation was it afforded me the opportunity to do everything that I'm doing now. Yeah. Plus, it gave me the business savvy, the couth to understand how to run a business. Right. Uh, when you do anything, and you can read your know, Malcolm Gladwell or some of the other experts, they're going to tell you 10,000 hours, they're going to tell you 10 years, whatever it is. At a certain point, you've acquired all the knowledge. Oh, yeah. Now it's the application of the knowledge in your own language. Put your own diction on it, put your own spin on it, mm-hmm. and go do whatever it is that you want to yes. do. So, uh, really, that helped me springboard because I wasn't stepping off into an abyss. You know, people are saying, hey, I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to take a leap. Well, it's really not a leap. Just continue to take one step forward. That's what you've always done. Yeah. In fact, if you look back, you'll notice that your steps were already ordered. They were already going in the same direction. This process was already anyway, in motion. This process was in motion. Uh, unique story for me, I began speaking corporately. Okay. So one of the roles that I had, great success, I was literally going to conferences and conventions on behalf of the organization, and we would get asked to speak. You know, they, they platform time, and they say, hey, you know, tell us about what's going on in the industry. Tell us about, you know, different things, governance, or whatever yeah. it is. And since that was my role at the time, I would always give these presentations. I love it. Um, so at what age would you start uh, speaking? Oh, 26. 26 years old. So 26, you're speaking in front of... Oh, hundreds of people. Okay. Thousands of people. That's exactly right. I'm in Phoenix. I'm in L.A. I'm in... Fort Lauderdale, yeah, and conferences, different topics, similar topics. What were you? What were similar you topics, talking about the state of redistribution, talking about transportation industries, talking yeah. about food and safety and all yes. these different things, and really the financial acumen of being successful in the food business, right? Yeah, those are all baseline. These are a deck of slides that anybody can present. Right. Um, there's always feedback forms. There's always questionnaires. Yes. I'd get then the universal response. Hey, Chris, you have the highest remarks of any speaker we have. Wow. Of any speaker we have. This, this, would, this would continue to come back. Hey, your session, just to let you know, the remarks that you get back, we score them, the evaluation, you have the highest. The comments would say, great presentation, outstanding speaker. I love it. Good knowledge. That guy is great. So, so have you always had that ability? Has oh, that been yeah. something that's natural over the, over the years? Is it that has. something you've always uh, enjoyed doing? It's something I've always enjoyed doing. So I don't know how natural it is. I think part of it is natural. Um, mm-hmm. When we'd have parent-teacher conferences back in the day, yeah. uh, you, you would hear that Chris is talkative, right? Very loquacious. <laughs> uh, back then, I would get reprimanded for that because you need to be attentive and you need to make sure, sure. that you're you on top You need to be a good listener. you got to be a good listener, right? You sit down. And, that's, and that's part of success. That's yeah. exactly right. But... You, when you talk about a SWOT analysis, the first thing we start with is our strengths. Yes. And that strength has always been there, whether we knew how to use it or not. Yes. So the fact that that was there uh, made these opportunities much easier. Um, so that's speaking outside of the organization. This feedback comes into the organization. So now I'm doing presentations internally with my organization. I'm talking to many people who then transition and go into speaking. This story is very similar. It, yeah. it's, it's the bright light that cannot be dimmed. And if you just truly work on who you are and allow you to be yourself in all capacities, everything else is going to find you. You're, you're going to attract it. Your vibe yeah. attracts your tribe. So The um, law of attraction. That's it, man. That, that is it. And it's, it, it's not a secret. I'm telling it. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, it's the truth that you, if you put yourself in any situation and work at it, that situation is going to open up abundantly for you. You'll, beyond what you could have imagined for yourself. 
You just got to keep going at it. That, that's all it is. So that's right. Um, that, how that, about uh, how about church growing yeah. up? Yeah, you, know, you faith is very important to you. Absolutely. But how was your involvement in church? Did yes. You, uh, uh, were you getting up? Were you speaking in church? Were Absolutely. you performing? That's so, and that's what I say. It didn't come naturally. I was always on stage, whether it's Easter plays, Christmas plays. Yeah. I was always there, sung in the choir. Yes. Uh, we had different roles in the church. So let's say it was a youth Sunday, and the youth were going to do everything except for the message. Yes. Um, I may lead the altar prayer, or I may lead you know, the welcome, or whatever it is. So um, getting that, that stage presence, so to speak, being comfortable in yourself in front of other people mm-hmm. is something that I got at a young age and became natural for me. The, the psychology of that, though, is unique. Um, the concept of, of glossophobia is number one fear, and that's fear of public speaking. Okay. Okay? Um, going a level deeper, public speaking is only representing yourself in front of others. That's right. Going a level deeper, why is it that it's a fear for you to be who you are in front of everybody else? Yeah. Then we can turn outward to media, we can turn outward to perception, we can turn outward to assumptions and understanding and what we think we should be rather than just being. Okay. And if you allow yourself to be, you'll see that everything else will surpass any assumptions that anybody had. They'll attract to you for what you are. This is no different. Right. This is no different. So in that regard of church, a great foundation. I always say that's the way that I found God. But finding God allowed me to find everything else I've been searching for, including myself. Amazing. So this has always been in your, uh, your DNA. But Chris, fast forward to mm-hmm. today. Yeah. You've had a number of Speaking engagements over the yeah. last couple of years, what are you passionate about now? What do you yeah. love? What do you love speaking about? Whether yeah. it's in front of uh, TED talks or speaking in front of a school. Yeah, my, my favorite topic is going to be mindset, my friend. It's yeah. all mindset development. So let's dive into that because yeah. that's one thing I'm very passionate about, and our listeners um, are very passionate about that as well. Let's let's talk a little bit about mindset. Yeah, yeah. For me, mindset wraps down to not what you think, but how you think. It's real simple. Yes. And how you think should not change when you have the right mindset. Yes. Uh, for me, it's simply think, do, become. Uh, your thoughts truly have to be ordered in a way that are positive, optimistic, believing that you can. Second, if you do that, your actions have to follow those thoughts. Right. Optimistic, potential, believing that you can. You put those two together, they equal that production. And all you get is optimistic results that you've seen through your action. That's, I love it. That's it. Now, Chris, along the way... People get hit with obstacles Absolutely. on a daily basis. Absolutely. People get hit with challenges. They get hit with catastrophe. What is your uh, philosophy on mindset whenever it comes to facing those challenges on yep. a daily basis? Yeah. Learn through the lesson. Okay. Now you have to learn through it. Uh, the analogy is the desert. I was traveling through the desert. There was a mirage. I was looking for water. I didn't find it. Yes. I kept going. There was another mirage. I thought it was an oasis. I wasn't. I kept going. I finally got to the ocean. I got all the water that I needed. Mm-hmm. If you don't keep going in the desert, you die. That's right. So the lesson is not at the end. Yeah. It's not in the barrage. It's not in the water. It's in keeping going. It's along the way. And you have to go through to come out. That is the thing. Mm-hmm. So life knocks you down. Yeah. That's great. Make sure you can govern yourself accordingly. Get your bearings and get right back up. You know, some people can allow their situation to become their narrative. Yes. And they talk about that story of what's taking place yeah. and they find comfort in that place because that's what they've become accustomed to. Well, if we want to get a different result, we need to start telling a different story. That's right. To ourselves. That's right. You know, because in life, you know, it seems like everybody has stress. Yeah. You know, everybody has the cross to bear. But uh, I notice some people, Chris, they get hit with that catastrophe or that level of stress 
and it just crushes them. Yep. Right. Absolutely. But others will actually rise to a whole different level. Yep. Right. How what I've heard recently is that how you handle your stress will determine that level of success. Absolutely. Any There's thoughts no on that? Oh, no doubt. The 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 success comes through understanding how to be successful. In business, you'll call it sustainability, right? Yes. So if I start you off at the top, mm-hmm. how did you get there? What what levels did you have to progress? What learning and knowledge did you get, right? Yes. Pun intended, let's go level 10 mastery. Yeah. In levels, in succession, you can't just leapfrog. Life doesn't work that mm-hmm. way. you got to go one through nine, and ultimately you get to 10. Because if I start you at level one and I jump you directly to 10, You've missed the learning lessons that are going to keep you foundational there because you won't know how you got there. You won't know what this is. It was given to you, not earned. Mm-hmm. Once you've earned it, once you know, you don't have anything to worry about. You've done it. You're, you're the most dynamic person in your existence. And sometimes being dynamic means that you have to go forward. Sometimes being dynamic means you have to go left. Yeah. Sometimes that means you have to go back and sometimes you have to go right. But ultimately, if you continue to move in the direction of progress, that's where we're all going. You know, it reminds me of the, uh, the compound effect. Mm-hmm. You know, making the small, smart, mm-hmm. consistent decisions over the course of time oh, yeah. to achieve catastrophic results. Yeah. So if we were talking financials, we'd talk about the time value of money. Yeah. Let's talk about the time value of learning. Let's talk yes. about the time value of experience. Let's talk about the time value of you. Hey, I'm getting better. I'm getting wiser. I'm getting smarter every day. That's exactly right. So any advice for our listeners, whenever it comes to that, any, uh, is there a daily routine or rituals yeah. that you've uh, incorporated into your life over yeah. the years that you think uh, or that you know are mm-hmm. beneficial? Absolutely. So I, I think you need to uh, connect to the source that is greater than yourself. Yes. Now, whatever that has to be for the listener, whoever they are, yes. there's something out there that is bigger than you. And once you can tap into that, it's really a check-in, right? It's a handshake with self. It's being able to look yourself in the mirror and position it against, here is where we are, here's where I'm going, and this is how I feel about all those things. Um, If you deny self, you truly never live. So we have to be accountable to self in order to live. There's many people who may be droning through life, maybe going through situations, and things are good. But they say, man, I've I've lost a sense of identity. I've lost a sense of me because there's so many roles I have to play. I'm husband. I'm father. I'm provider. I'm a title at work. I'm all these different things. But I still feel this void. But I still feel this void. And I thought this next level of success was going to get me there. This promotion was going to get me there. This car was going to get me there. The thing that you're missing is that self-check-in. you got to check in with self. Mm -hmm. The only void that you have is inside of you. So that's that's a daily practice for me. The other is affirmations. I have to affirm myself daily to remember that it's me. Um, Oftentimes, the notion of being selfish gets a bad connotation. And I don't believe in being selfish to the point that you step on somebody else's shoes. I just believe in being selfish to the point that you don't allow anybody to step on yours. Absolutely. I think it's a a principle in leadership. in, In order to give, your bucket has to be full. Absolutely. If your bucket is not full, you're not able to effectively give to That's your right. team. That's exactly right. You can't pour from an empty cup. So you got to make sure you're doing the things that, that reaffirm you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm big on the I am statement I created one years ago. You take yeah. all the characteristics about what you are and put right. them down and you codify them. My I am statement is simply, I am perfectly created. I am the creator of my reality. I'm the author of my destiny. And I say that to myself one time a day. 
and I keep moving. So anything that happens to me happens through me. And if I don't like the result, then I got to work on me. You got to look in the mirror. That's it, my friend. Yeah. That's it. And when you do, you realize you're looking back mm -hmm. at you. Yeah. The strongest person in the room, the only person you'll ever know. Fall in love with yourself. Yes. You'll be benefited through it. Now, along with that, Chris, would you agree that it's, it's important to take the focus off self? Absolutely. To put it on others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So self has to be the focal point of you. Yes. So that you can serve others. Okay. Being a leader is really selfless. Uh, yes. But you have to know who you are. Because people want to follow. I always say leaders don't create followers. I, that's not my goal. My, mm -hmm. my goal in leadership is to create leaders. Yes. If you happen to be a fan of Chris McPherson, that's because in some way you're a fan of yourself. That's because in some way the reflection that I've had to do personally has helped you see yourself personally. One of the things I work to do in, whether it's training or facilitation, is really move mindsets all the way right. So I'm going to take you right. I'm going to take you somewhere else. Yes. And I'm going to inverse it. And when we come all the way full circle back, you see yourself. That's the aha moment. Your mind only expands when you see you. If you can see it in somebody else, yeah, it didn't really move you. It didn't have the effect. Yes. Uh, it's, the, it's the quintessential phrase of, hey, we went to church and I felt like the speaker was talking to me. Yeah, I felt like we were having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Was anybody else here? That's exactly right. Because he moved your mind. She moved your mind mm -hmm. all the way back to you. So effective leadership does that. It's being selfless enough to help others really see themselves and put the mirror up right in front of them. Absolutely. You know, let's dive into that a little bit deeper, deeper, Chris. So in a person's particular profession, mm -hmm. um, in your opinion, how does a person become the best at their particular craft? Yeah. Being the best starts with your work ethic, all right? Mm -hmm. And I think work ethic really transcends beyond just your job, but yeah. how passionate are you about in learning everything that you can? So, sure. Um, we know this as professionals, um, your, your resume is a testament, it's a sum gain of all the things that you've done, and quite frankly, all the things that you've done won't fit on there. That's and right. if you're going to provide yourself as an asset to another organization or to whatever it is, they're going to look at what you've done. They're going to look at your highlight reel. Yeah. Man, Chris yeah. did this really well. Here boom, it is. Boom, boom. Here it is. They're not going to hear about all the mistakes that's that exactly you made right. along the way. So within all of those, you're constantly leveling up with yourself. Yes. You bring your whole self to any situation. The, the thing is, you should know everything about a business that you possibly can. Because businesses work together. There may be a separate P&L. There may be a separate budget. There may be different teams and GL code, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's, it's one organization going forward. Yes. So if I can learn what the left hand is doing, and I can learn how that works with the right hand, when we come together, I have two hands working in my favor. Uh, for anybody, I don't care what position you have. I don't care what level you're starting at. And this is including the CEO. Good leaders always get out of the office. They know everybody in the building. In fact, they know the operations that are going on. And why so? Because that's the knowledge that you have to acquire to be successful. Once you know those things, then your mind opens to the possibilities and opportunities. You know, I learned when I was on that team five years ago how they actually do it. So I can represent them in this meeting, in this room, of how what we do needs to affect them positively. Because if we're going to the right and the other part of the organization is going to the left, we're being pulled and we're not going to grow. You're not getting anything insane. done. That's exactly right. So it's understanding organically and holistically, how can I learn as much as I possibly can about what I want to know? That was a shift for me from education. Again, this was the process of going through 
oh, thank God I learned to read at a, at a vocational level and write at a vocational level. Yes. Because once I then wanted to apply the knowledge, it was coming quicker than I could attain because I wanted every book that was going to help me. I wanted every podcast. I wanted every message that was going to resonate with me. And then when you gather the knowledge, you are better for it. Now you can go forward and do whatever you want. Amen. Well, let's talk about about, about learning and self improvement. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on uh, on coaching? Yeah, and the importance of having a business coach or yeah. a life coach. Absolutely, uh, they're they're critical, and I think these need to start in forms wherever you are. Right, so start with what you have, do what you can, yes. and continue to go. Um, if you have a budget for a counselor, go get a counselor. If you yes. have a budget for a therapist, go get a therapist. If you don't have a budget for anybody, start talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. Start getting in check with who you are. That's okay? right. If you don't have a budget for anything, reach out to those friends, those associates, those relatives that are there. Uh, if you're a parent, start talking to your kids. They're going to teach you a lot. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna give some things that are, that are groundbreaking because of their innocence. Because they don't live in this world of assumptions and behaviors and pedestals that we have to live up to. So they'll just give you concrete ground rule stuff that we know we just haven't told ourselves in a while mm-hmm. that you can take and apply and learn from it. Um, my, my young men keep me accountable. I always say that they're the ones that make me push for better. Yes. Uh, early on, you know they want to be like you. They act like you. Uh, it's the phrase of, hey, you know, um, we're giving you a call because little Johnny was cursing today. Mm-hmm. Well, where did little Johnny learn that? Right? Yes. It's the uh, it's the commercials we grew up watching, and they say, well, I learned it from watching you. I yeah. learned it from watching <laughs> you. Well, that personal accountability then changes things. If you know everybody's watching, if you know everybody is looking at your actions and wanting to replicate those, then how are you then simply going to live? Yes. So for me, that is that is the clear representation of don't talk about it, be about it. Your actions have to align with your words and you have to produce mm-hmm. because there's many people watching you and they're learning no matter what they're going to do, they're learning how to do it right. directly through you. So coaches come in many forms. That, yes. That's what I want to say. But make sure you align yourself with something that can keep you grounded on a process. Okay. I have a mastermind group. We have conversations every Monday. Okay. It happens to be individuals that I met from high school, that I met collegiately, and that I met professionally. Yeah. Um, our network is people that we didn't necessarily know each other, but when we said, hey, I want to do this, there were like minds, and we said we're going to come together. And we simply challenge each other to grow better. Um, this is an open space where you can be honest about your emotions and your feelings and how you are or are not doing. Sure, and lay, that is lay okay. things out there. Get some, get some feedback. Yes, yes. And when you do that, you get perspective, you get honesty, and you can get a plan. Uh, two minds are better than one. Well, if you've got five, you're cultivating mm-hmm. a plan, a team, an organization that can move forward. So I think coaching is foundational. And, and as I've explained to you before, I had great people in my life where whether I recognized what was happening or not, it was taking place. So yes. I think just creating relationships, bringing your authentic self, and, and making sure you have trusted advisors, right? Yes. Uh, everybody can't be a coach. Sure. Everybody can't a be a mentor. A lot of people call themselves coaches yes. or mentors, but you want to be very selective. Absolutely. You, you must. You must because, hey, there's a lot of work on the person who's doing the coaching, but there has to be a lot of work on you. And let's be clear. Coach can't do it for you. Mm-hmm. They can walk with you. They'll walk beside you, push you a little bit, but they're never going to stand in front of you yes. because that's your cross to bear. That's your journey to take. They just help you along the way. Um, if I can get you to think different, if I can change your mind, we've already done the work. Now go forward and be different. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, speaking of, of vision and self, 
Chris, what would you say is your uh, your personal mission in yeah. life? Yeah, I exist to inspire others. Yeah, that, that's really it. That that's my personal mission. Well, I can tell you, I feel uh, inspired every time I talk. Yeah, to you. man, you're just, uh, <laughs> you're just a positive influence on the uh, on the world, and you've uh, you've truly made a positive impact on my life, man. Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate that. That's 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 touche. Uh, you, me, and we. Phrase Namaste. If you're a yogist, yeah. the light in me sees the light in you. So that that's that's it. Um, yeah, man. It's okay. So to, just to inspire others, man. That's through it. your Yeah, I heard somebody say recently that uh, you let your actions. Speak so loudly, yeah, that people have to listen. That they have to listen. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, that's the we we literally forms of communication. Yeah, broad scale. Uh huh. Uh, verbal, yes. Vocal, and visual. Verbal is what you say. Okay, small percent. Mm -hmm. Vocal is how you say it. The yes. tone, the resonance, the presence. Right. But the largest form of how we communicate is visual. Don't talk about it. Let me see you mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. You want to be a basketball player? How often are you dribbling, sir? Mm -hmm. How often are you shooting, young lady? How often are you getting up in the mornings? Yeah. Uh, we talk about Kobe Bryant and, yeah. and his experience. The one thing I love, my Kobe moment, is his yeah. speech when they retired both of his numbers in the Staples Center. And he literally opens the speech and says, this is for those 4 a.m. mornings. Right. That's the first stanza out of his mouth. Yes. Period. This is, this is the work. This is the effort. This is the toil that nobody sees. This is the thing that gets you up when you don't want to get up. This is the thing where your spouse may say, what is going on with you? And you can openly say, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm in flow. I'm going that way. It feels good yeah. and I'm being propelled towards something. I'm being drawn to it. It's really your greatness. It's your purpose. It's it's just you that's responding your, uh, to that's you. That's your legacy. That's exactly right. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. They, they create bust out of people not by what they said, but what they did. They create mm -hmm. street signs. They create, you know, endowments, trusts out of what you did, not what you not what you said. So um, the, the Will Smith movie says, you know, I am legend. That is the name of the movie. That yes. should resonate with everybody. Each one of us has a legendary experience, but the only way we become legend is in how we truly live in our actions. Yeah, Chris, we talked a little bit before the, uh, the podcast about Kobe and, mm -hmm. and his passing, but... Uh, you wouldn't mind share with our our audience your thoughts on you know the celebration of life as opposed yeah. to the morning of death absolutely yeah for me and everybody has to deal with the reality of life yeah um, from from births to weddings to death in their own way yes uh, I'm not an individual who says sorry for your loss that's just not the way I think about right. it right um, I, I really am drawn to the phrase of the beauty of life the full circle yes and in, in death, there can be reward. And, and in fact, in this existence that we have, we know there's a sunrise and a sunset. Absolutely. Uh, in between those two times, whatever they may be, it's really in what we do. So um, there is a mourning process. We have to deal with our emotions. It is, it is absolutely okay to grieve. You have to challenge yourself to accept what's going on and how do you move forward through that. Um, but moving forward through that is what we must do. And when you can look at specifically a Kobe Bryant in the example a life and a legacy, if you saw the outpouring of emotion from people all over the world, if you saw the outpouring of emotion from people who you would have never really said were Kobe fans, I've even had those conversations. I wasn't a fan of Kobe, but man, it hit me in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, fathers who have daughters who said, hey man, the way he had relationship with his girls makes me want to be a better father, parents in general. Just seeing the legacy of a person beyond what they did in their profession. We're talking one sport, basketball. Yes. But we're talking about the legacy of a person through hard work, dedication, and effort that really transcended 
the life, and not just his, but the life of millions across the millions world. of people. Yeah. He had a positive influence on this uh, on this world and an insatiable sure. drive. That that guy's yeah. drive was something else. Fluent in three languages. Yeah, uh, the hardest worker. Um, had a killer mentality. I mean, we're talking There's about. There's a reason mama. he had the uh, the number twenty four on his back. I mean, yeah. it was twenty four hours a day, just giving it everything he had. That's exactly right. Twenty four, one better than MJ. Twenty three. <laughs> there that I don't want to replicate anybody. I'm creating my own space, but yeah, my it, own path. That's exactly right. But it's 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 a and it's not a model that's foreign, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a model that one person did. No, no, no. This is the model that drives many people who are successful. It's really just tapping into whatever you want to be successful at and plugging in those hours for yourself. I love it. Now, Chris, you've had a great level of success in your life, but what are you doing now that uh, really keeps you at the top of your game? Yeah. I tell you, what keeps me at the top of my game right now is probably the mentor work I do with young men. Yeah. Um, And I would share this is... This is, this is the legacy beyond me, right? If yeah. you can impact someone's life, then your living was not in vain. Sure, and taking the focus off yourself and putting yeah, it on, on others. That's right. And, and for me, um, hey, I told you who I was in K-12 through education. I told you where I saw myself now, reflective looking back. So there's somebody when I walk into these rooms and these spaces that is me. And if, mm-hmm. I, can, if I can ignite their fire, it's their fire. It's already there. It's already there. I just got to get you going. I just got to show you that it's possible. I just got to speak your language in a way that when I take you right, you come full circle and see yourself. Mm-hmm. And once you see yourself fully, you'll never let go of that. that. That's where people go on to do great things and they'll talk about inspirations that they had. And it doesn't necessarily have to be me because I may have been an inspiration at one point, but that was my only goal. I just, I just wanted you to see yourself. Uh, in, a, in a child's development, parents are going to be one part of it. We know this. But in K through 12, it's literally going to be those teachers, those counselors, those coaches, those people who say something to you that got you motivated in a different way. Yeah. So my, my only goal is to help inspire the next generation. Um, James Baldwin has a phrase that says, uh, for these are all of our children. We will profit by or pay for whatever they become. Right. So if we're truly creating society, um, the youth is the promise of future generations. Yes. Every child born is, is, is proof that God <laughs> right. hasn't given up on humanity. That's right. So the fact is, beyond my existence, it's going to continue to go forward as it always had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, in my phrase, it's, it's always uh, 2000 now, no matter what <laughs> year it is. Exactly. And right now, we've got to do our best in any way to help make sure that we continue this journey. So that's the that's the one thing that keeps me level and sharp. And I get to learn a, new, a couple new dances. Yeah. It keeps me young and fresh <laughs> with these guys. They'll, they'll call me old, which is great. Uh, but this old man wants to help you become an old man, and not only an old man, but a successful one. Man, well, that has to be a lot of fun and really uh, rewarding. No, oh, no to doubt. To pour yourself into uh, into others. That's right. Well, Chris, as we uh, as we wrap up today, any, uh, any parting uh, advice? or parting wisdom for, yeah. uh, for our listeners out there? Absolutely. Um, things that have helped me, and it, it's, it's really a journey of life. Um, enjoy. Make the number one goal fun. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Listen, if you don't enjoy yourself, no one else can do that for you. You must find a way to enjoy yourself. Uh, the notion that this too will pass is true. Okay. Yes. It's only a moment. It's only a season. This is temporary. This is temporary. As long as you have another breath, you are forever. In fact, we're in the middle of eternity 
right now. So just make sure you enjoy the ride, have fun. I love it. Now, Chris, how can uh, how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah. Online or social media, or if anybody's interested in, in booking a speaking engagement or Absolutely. coaching, how can people connect with you out there? Yeah, so they can find me at my website, uh, chrismcpherson.net. Um, my Twitter handle is at 2BCMAC, at 2BCMAC. Now you can find me on Instagram, Christopher underscore McPherson. Um, possibilityofpositivity.com but I'm available I'm definitely available I love it well Chris thank you so much for uh, for being part of the program for sharing your wisdom for sharing your insight with our uh, with our listeners man this is truly uh, it's been a lot of fun for those of you out there who have not connected with Chris I'd highly recommend it we'll put uh, the links in our show notes until next time let's get out there and be the best version of yourself Thank you.